Hi there, my name's Ruby Marshall. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations and the Brakalung people of the Gunai Kurnai Nations on whose lands this podcast was recorded. I wish to pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Always was, always will be, Aboriginal land. Welcome, and today I'll be chatting to you about the Latrobe Valley and the just transition that is occurring there right now away from the fossil fuel industry, as well as delving into how the issue of climate change is communicated in the Latrobe Valley. Just a content warning that there is some explicit language used in this podcast. I interviewed a variety of people who work or live in the Latrobe Valley and are involved with climate change and just transitions work. You'll hear all about their involvement and their role in helping to create a better future for the Latrobe Valley. This podcast was made in the second half of 2019, so some information may be slightly out of date, and there have been some updates on the work the people I interviewed are a part of. The people that I spoke to are all part of the movement for a just transition away from coal, but I just want to acknowledge that this is quite a biased perspective on what is going on, as I did not speak to anyone who is against the just transition or wants the coal mines to remain open. My intention here was to communicate with people about what is being done in the Valley on just transitions. There were many people that I wanted to interview for this podcast, but some I was unable to, so I have included links to their websites in the podcast description. These include the Earthworker Cooperative and the Gunai Kurnai Land and Waters Aboriginal Corporation that represents the traditional owners from the Gunai Kurnai Nations. The Latrobe Valley is located just under a two-hour drive east from Melbourne in Gippsland. It has a population of around 73,000 people and is comprised of the towns of Mowie, Morwell and Taralgan. It is also home to four huge brown coal mines which have supplied over 80% of energy to Victoria for the last 90 years. The Latrobe Valley is a community that was built on the fossil fuel industry after World War II and they rely on the coal industry for jobs. Wendy Farmer, the president of Voices of the Valley, told me more about the history of the Latrobe Valley and the privatisation of the coal mines. What's unique about the Latrobe Valley is the, the amount of coal that is, sits underneath the Latrobe Valley brown coal. So John Monash, when he came to Latrobe Valley and brought his mint to Latrobe Valley... I don't think he was amazing because of um, starting the power industry. What he did is he actually brought community and he created jobs for his his community. Mm. Um, so he moved a lot of these people to Yalorn. Mm. That was later dug up for coal. The SEC, so the State Electricity Commission, had the power stations and ran them until the late 90s. Or sorry, early 90s, mid-90s. What was special about that is there, there were a lot of people employed in the power stations, but everybody also outside of the power stations was employed. There was a lot of jobs for everybody. So the 90s, the state of Victoria was broke, so they decided to sell off the power stations to private um, corporations. Yes. That was the downfall of the Latrobe Valley. So what happened there is you take a essential service and put it, put it into private hands to international companies that really don't care for communities like the SEC cared for communities. But of course you shouldn't privatise an essential service because you actually take what is really needed by Victoria and put it into the hands of private industry. Now private industry don't care about communities as much as they care about their shareholders and their businesses. 
In 2014, the Hazelwood Power Station, the largest of the coal mines in Latrobe Valley, caught fire and burnt for 45 days, which had major health impacts in the region and subsequently, in 2017, was shut down. Now, those sort of things happened because a private industry didn't think that the community was worth protecting. They let things run down, they let water um, pipes run or remove water pipes, they, and they didn't have the staff of previous fires in mind. Mm. So we see the fire happen, we see not only workers injured or made or sick or die, but we see community become sick yeah. and die because of the Hazelwood mine fire, which was proven in further inquiries. Yeah. Hazelwood was originally supposed to be retired in 2005, but the government extended its life to 2030. But Onji, the company who owns Hazelwood, decided in 2017 that it was no longer economically viable to keep running. We then hear the announcement of the... We hear rumours for months in the papers, Hazelwood would close. Then we get an announcement from the company the, you know, the night before they set up marquees, kept saying, no, we're not closing, not, we're not closing in the morning. They announced a closure within five months. There was only five months notice given of Hazelwood's closure, which left people without a job when it closed. Before its closure, it supplied Victoria with almost a quarter of its energy needs and provided around 750 jobs. It also produced 14% of Victoria's greenhouse gas emissions. While the fire was the trigger for the closure of the power station, it had been functioning at a loss for some time. The Hazelwood Power Station is currently in the process of being decommissioned and dismantled, and there are plans in the works on how to rehabilitate the mine, which you will hear more about later. There are now three operating brown coal mines left in Latrobe Valley, Yulon and Luoyang A and B, all which have expiry dates before 2050. Chris Barfoot, who was working at Hazelwood when it shut down, also spoke to me about the history of coal in the Latrobe Valley and his story. My name's Chris Barfoot. I'm uh, an engineer and scientist, uh, ex-actually from the brown coal industry, third generation of the family. Uh, I ran up 33 years in here. My father ran up 30 years before that. So uh, know know the industry very intimately in that regard. But also very conscious of the changes that are occurring. And uh, when I was retrenched, I did like the opportunity to move into uh, the renewable industry. And now I lead the, uh, I'm the project officer with the Latrobe Valley Community Power Hub. And we work much more in many different types of renewable en- in- energies around this region. You worked in the coal industry before? Oh, look, I, I did 33 years myself. I covered every power station, most of the mines. So you also worked at Hazelwood? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I did uh, probably close on 15, 15 to 16 years at Hazelwood. And were you working there when it got closed down? Mm-hmm. Certainly was. So you lost your job when yeah. it closed down? And then that's when you found your... Oh, no, no. One of the things I found very differently with privatisation and that coming up, when you had a state body who looked at uh, power industry, what you found was that you looked to a 30-year window into the future. When you became a private enterprise owning a single business or a single power station, you only looked at your own asset. You didn't look to the future. Now, for me, I found that incredibly frustrating. So when I was retrenched, uh, it gave me the opportunity to go back to looking long-term. 
And when you look long term, the future is renewable. While we need to move away from coal, we also need to make sure that the communities that have been providing our country with energy from coal for so long, which we have relied on for so long, do not get left behind. We need to make sure that they have a just transition away from the fossil fuel industry, with new jobs and industries being created to replace the jobs and industry lost from the closing down of coal mines. People lost their jobs because they were told that if they took packages, they would, they would be re-employed into other jobs around the valley inside the power stations, but that never happened. Yeah. I spoke to Laura Melville, who is a community organiser at Environment in Victoria, more about this. I think there's a... Um, people potentially don't understand how many people do live in regional Victoria and in Gippsland. So there's 70,000 people in the Latrobe Valley and a small proportion of those people work in the fossil fuel industry directly. And I think that's worth keeping in mind when we're talking about um, coal closing and having to replace jobs that we're not talking about 70,000 people's jobs. We're talking about a couple of thousand people's jobs, which is super important, but it's important to remember the rest of the community in that transition. Um, I think that we also can quite easily make assumptions of regional people's attitudes to climate change and to environmental issues and um, that we shouldn't assume that people don't care about climate. We shouldn't assume that people don't know that coal has played a role in causing climate change or that um, everyone in those communities is supportive of the industry and what it's, um, the impacts that it's had on people and the environment. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just really important to actually talk to people in those communities before we make assumptions about what they think. We've, yeah, spoken to some people that are still working in the coal mines as well as people that used to work in the coal mines at Hazelwood. I think, yeah, it's like I think the worker transition is a really tough conversation. I don't think we've done transition very well anywhere in mm-hmm. Australia and there is a question over how successful that has been done with Hazelwood that needs to be addressed before we go through your lawn and Loyang A and B closing. The Latrobe Valley is in the process of a just transition away from the fossil fuel industry. There has been an emphasis on this just transition since the sudden closure of Hazelwood in 2017 to ensure that something similar doesn't happen again when the other coal mines shut down. The shutdown of Hazelwood happened very suddenly, which meant that there wasn't an opportunity for a just transition to happen. This meant that lots of people lost their jobs. But since the closure of Hazelwood, there has been a really big effort to create jobs in the valley that are not in the coal industry, and more specifically, that are focused on more renewable and community energy. Ella is from Morwell in the Latrobe Valley, a 19-year-old who is a member of the local branch of the Australian Youth Climate Coalition called New Power, who is trying to help give youth in the region a space to discuss sustainability and a future beyond coal in the valley and empower them to become part of the movement. I also spoke to her about the transition away from coal in the valley. So at the moment in the Latrobe Valley, there has been a really big push for um, a just transition away from the fossil fuel industry. Um, What do you think about this push for a just transition currently? It is definitely needed. I think it could be much stronger. I think every single fossil fuel community around Australia and the world needs to push for this just transition because... It's inevitable, but, well, a transition away is inevitable, but we need to work to make sure that it is just for the workers and the entire community. How do you feel about this just transition and how are the young people feeling about this just transition away from um, the fossil fuel industry? Yeah, it's 
interesting because the discussion around just transition, it's mainly focused on workers, but we never really consider sort of young people who are maybe just starting out or yet have never really lived in a community that has been moving into other industries. So, yeah, it's a very new discussion and there's a lot to go, I think. So do you think people are concerned about the impact that climate change will have on the Latrobe Valley or at the moment are they more concerned about the job aspects of it? Yeah, it's definitely more around the jobs, but, yeah, the impacts of climate change are very rapidly starting to show everywhere. Do you think that current action on climate change in Gippsland is bringing the voices of people who are most affected by climate change forward? In a way, yes, but the focus should definitely be broadened more around traditional owners, farmers, local businesses. Yeah, the focus is mainly on like workers and their jobs and their families, but yeah, it's about the whole community and I think we could work a lot more to include all those voices. Uh, What do you personally think is the most effective thing we can do or are already doing to tackle the climate crisis? Definitely put the government is really letting us down and corporations so the I think the biggest action taking place right now is the movement of young people and just everyone that is frustrated with the action so yeah our power I think is the best thing at the moment. And what is it that you would like people in the city to know about Latrobe Valley and how it has been affected by climate change and the whole process of the just transition that's going on right now? Um, Yeah, I think it's really important for city folk to understand that this is a process and it'll take a lot of planning and community consultation and things like that to fully transition with justice in in communities like Latrobe Valley. What do you perceive the future challenges to be in the Latrobe Valley when it comes to climate change and making a just transition away from the fossil fuel industry? I think it'll be a very interesting like attitude or like social shift because people, I know that very comfortable because we've been based around the coal industry for so long. It'll be an interesting like change in like social climate around that when they finally realise that we have to move away from that and open up ourselves up to other industries. Wendy and Voices of the Valley have been working on how to achieve a just transition where everyone is involved. I spoke to her about what Voices of the Valley are doing to achieve a just transition that everyone is involved in. Can you tell us a bit more about Voices of the Valley and your role? Like, so what exactly does Voices of the Valley do? Well, they basically, Voices of the Valley advocate for what the community needs. Yeah, just, basically. Just so in, in the general? health, in jobs, yeah. um, really in it, in most things now, if yeah. something happens in the valley, yeah. we, we often get asked, you know, yeah. what, what, what does a section of the community do? And we don't want to be the voice for everybody. If people have a voice, we want them to be able to speak for themselves. But many come to us saying, I'm glad you've said that because I can't say it. So nobody wants to talk out against the company, like the company is a family member. Um, And sometimes it's really frustrating when you see that family member doing really bad stuff to the community, but everybody's like, oh, we might lose jobs. In fact, the power stations don't employ that many people anymore in Latrobe Valley. Yet everybody, you know, I think if you went to... It'd be interesting to run a survey and say, how, you know, to people, how many people do you think 
are employed by the power, power yeah, industry, yeah. you know. So not actually um, as no, many people, people would, would probably say thousands. Yeah. And that's hundreds. Daniel Andrews came down, um, announced $40 million for transition. Mm-hmm. Within half an hour of that, um, 20 minutes of that meeting, <laughs> we had the La Trobe City Council call us into the office and say, what was that transition? How to yeah. get hold of the money? Yeah. Um, and then later on down the road, Daniel Andrews announced the $266 million for a transition, yep. um, including the LVA, so the Latrobe Valley Authority, yep. which would coordinate um, worker transition or workers coming out of power stations. Mm-hmm. They would re-educate them. They would put them into jobs. Very much the plans that we had drawn, yep. um, including the high-tech precinct, yep. is in our plans of what we're drawn in 2015. Look, it's going slow. Yes. We're just starting to see now the LVA reaching out to the community, saying, actually, we want to do community community programs, including microgrids and different things with the community. So rather than them doing it, but with the community, which I think is a real big step for them. Yeah. Um, we did get the power hubs, of course, and I think that's what they hoped the power hubs would do. So what, but, what exactly are the power hubs? Um, the, the power hubs are... Designed to birth community energy. Yeah. So taking um, energy back into the community. Take, absolutely take energy and back into the community. And being renewable energy? Or? Oh, renewable energy. We've actually spoken to all the green groups. Yeah. Because we said, what happens with transition? If you, if you tie yourself to power stations, block roads, tell people they're no good, their jobs have to go, we're taking your jobs away, you create fear. Mm-hmm. If you slash them and tell them they can't have it they're going to fight the climate movement yeah. even harder mm. to have what they want yeah so they need to feed their children yeah they need to educate their children they need to live in a home they are the breadwinners you can't take their wages off yeah. them so why we called it jobs and hope is creating visions for people to move forward yeah so rather than those groups can work together to move forward yeah, but yeah. rather than pushing people away from what they know creating a vision that they can move to. Yeah. And people will come on that journey with us. Definitely. And so I think, you know, when I look at transition, I don't think a transition is so much a worker to worker. Yeah. Transition, it's a community transition. It's a whole community moving forward to what they can have rather than moving away from what they have. We want to we want to see new industry, new renewable energies supported by both state and federal government in Latrobe Valley. We have the transmission we have the knowledge, we have the skills. Use Latrobe Valley now before it's too late. And what I mean by that, while it's happening in Western and everywhere else in Victoria or um, Australia, while we ignore these coal communities, they will be left if action isn't taken to support them. It's not the end. This is the beginning of something new because we have to move forward because we don't have a choice. Coal mm-hmm. will end. Yeah. Coal will end. When is the other question but it will end. We need to be ready. Chris Barfoot spoke with me more about the diversification of industry in the valley. So one of the major things we have here has been a, a large concentration in the coal-based industry. Now, that over-reliance uh, has then left us with a more difficult uh, job of transitioning. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we'd had more diversification... there would have been more opportunities to move forward. And so now part of what's happening is people are now working on getting more and more industries down here. Do you think it's working? Oh, absolutely. 
Uh, I mean, you've only got to look around. We've got the new tech school centre down at uh, Kernot Hall. You've got the high tech centre being built. You've got the Gov Hub going across the road. You've got sea vehicles uh, due to come down here. We've got proposals for solar farms. We've got proposals now for wind farms. Uh, you've got a proposal for a, uh, a battery uh, recycling plant. Awesome. Lots of things are happening. Yeah, and, and but do you think that there are still some people who are reluctant to this transition? I don't think so. Uh, taking the Hazelwood example, uh, at this point in time, around about 80-odd percent of people who are at Hazelwood are now working again. Oh, good. Uh, the other 20%, to be honest, are probably quite enjoying an early retirement. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, it has been a fairly complete transition. There has been, uh, obviously, some people have a very different lifestyle. Some will be doing fly-in, fly-out works. Uh, others will be in a, a lower-paid job. I mean, that's just life. You know, when, you ha- when you drive a truck in a mine, you get paid a lot more than when you drive a bus in the town. And so one of the things that the town does still suffer from at the moment is the lack of disposable income, mm. which is then impacting some of the service industries. And do you think there's a solution to that? Or? Yeah, look, the whole part of this now is then to move towards getting more high-tech industries in. If we bring in the high-tech, you bring in the higher pays. Now, we've got, for example, the Waste for Energy plant, which has now been approved for uh, APM, which, again, will offer substantial opportunities in construction and mm-hmm. operation and so forth. Uh, so there is still a lot of hope. The Gov Centre coming in will bring in government-based wages, which again are in the higher pay ranking, which again. So lots of potential and, and lots of options. What do you think is like the most effective thing um, happening in the Latrobe Valley to tackle the climate crisis that you think? Well, at the moment we're pushing very hard into a number of areas. We're pushing into regenerative ag- agriculture which, of course, is a very important part because whilst we talk about renewable energies and that, that's about producing less carbon. But what's critically important is to actually take the carbon that's in the atmosphere and bring it back into the soils. So regenerative agriculture is one thing that's a very important part that we're pushing and trying to get that happening here. We're also pushing, of course, obviously, the change from brown coal power into wind, solar, offshore wind especially, uh, so we're seeing that as, and again, another major aspect of it. Now, this is going to be an issue in the Trobe Valley, and that's the reason for that is the fact that we have, at this point in time, about 3,500 megawatts of capability into the grid. So this is the ideal place in the state at the moment for creation of new power-generating systems. The biggest part, of course, is just as we mentioned before, that people in power stations and in mines you know, earn a good wage. Uh, because it's a dangerous work. So trying to find an equivalent job is hard. Definitely, yeah. And so part of what we're trying to do is to build up those new industries which will give us the opportunities for those people to still transition across at a reasonable rate compared to what they had. Pollyanna is the Artistic Director of Coal Hole and the founder of the Big Picture Space Incorporated based in Gippsland, aiming to create opportunity for education and resources for artists mainly young, emerging, entrepreneurial-minded artists. She spoke to me about the work she's doing to communicate with the Latrobe Valley community about the transition, and specifically her work on mine rehabilitation. Well, I think we're an example of just transition. We're a pretty young collective, so we're emerging, a mix between like emerging and established artists, but realistically, if we want work, we'd have to go to the city. It's very hard to make a living as an artist in a regional town. 
but working in collaboration with the minds and the mind commissioner and making work around this art, like this problem has given us employment because we're engaged at the moment um, with the mind commissioner. So our funding is through the mind commissioner as a community engagement strategy. So essentially they were having a really hard time communicating this really big problem and getting the community's baseline understanding of what's happening especially with young people or the token disengaged yeah <laughs> disengaged youth and I yeah. say that with little quotey marks yeah. around my face um so we were we approached the mind commissioner and we said we actually think we could help you by yeah. making art about this and give people different pathways that aren't so intimidating yeah. to learn about this so we've been able to employ, I think we've employed over um, n- nearly close to 30 artists. That's amazing. And we've only been going for, uh, this is our fifth month. And we run workshops every week and we do a major public event every month. Yeah, so you, uh, you said obviously you're using this way as, this project as a way to communicate um, like the issue of like coal mines and like the really big problem that is the rehabilitation of them because you can't just leave them obviously so do you think there's been like a lack of effective communication around this and also around like environmental issues in general and this just transitions do you think there has been a lack of communication i think it's about context so in the gippsland region i actually think there's a lot more conversations about this than anywhere else in Gippsland. So I think that what has been done does seem like it's not enough. And obviously, I guess in a way, because I would put myself in kind of the other end of, well, my responsibility and my job is to communicate. And when I look at my project and our engagement and our reach and what we could be doing better, it's easy to say like, we haven't done this very well. But then when you compare it to us not existing, mm. like we've had hundreds, thousands of people, we've had conversations with like thousands of people and we've directly interacted with hundreds of people in a very short amount of time. So we've been quite successful, but yeah. there's always more work to be done. There's always more conversations. But you can create the opportunity, the platform and the pathway, but people still have to make their own decision whether they want to engage with this conversation or not engage in yeah. it. And what do you see as being like the future of jobs in Latrobe Valley? It's definitely like renewables and tourism. Pretty much we have all the power infrastructure into the grid. So we can say close down the coal mines and yes, that's definitely, that's a hundred percent happening. It's not an if it's, they've got the closure dates. That's when they're closing. We're now have to replace, um, 33, I think coal contributes to something like 33% of energy. It could be more than that, that I've got the facts somewhere, but there's still a huge chunk of energy generation coming from coal, which needs to be replaced with renewables. 
the valley has the infrastructure to put the electricity straight into the grid. Mm-hmm. So it's like plugging out of one power socket and plugging it into another power socket. Yeah. So we're going to have mass expansion into renewables. Yeah. So wind farms and solar. What What is it that you would like people in like the city and urban areas to know about the Latrobe Valley and how it is being affected by climate change and yeah this whole just transitions thing um i think one of the biggest things is you don't need to come down and save us like we have a lot of people come to the valley a lot of contractors a lot of organizations coming to save us we have our own answers we have our own talents we have our own responsibilities and we have our own visions and we know our area. So, um, and there's a lot of money to be made coming to the valley. Um, and I see it, you, like I've been working here for four years and you see it, like they come down, they get overwhelmed, they spend tons of money and then they go back to the city. Big corporations and stuff. You mean corporations, community organizations, non-for-profits. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important not to see the Valley as something that is disempowered, that actually we're really on top of this and we're really progressive and we're doing tons of work what's happened in the valley is we have been reliant on one industry and that industry isn't there anymore and now we need to diversify our jobs and our talents and our workforce to create opportunity for ourselves so it happens with logging it happened with coal it's going to happen with oil and gas Everyone is going, like, our generation is a generation of transition. We're not, we've got a lot of work to do and we're not necessarily going to see the results of it. The only way we're going to know whether we're successful or not is that if we actually have a fucking planet at the end of it. We've just heard from a range of people who live and work in the Latrobe Valley on just transitions and climate action. These are really valuable insights into what has been done in the Valley on the just transition. The work that has been done in the Latrobe Valley on just transitions has been very positive so far. There are so many good examples of amazing renewable energy projects that have been developed in the Latrobe Valley to create jobs to help that transition away from the fossil fuel industry. There's projects such as the Star of the South offshore wind farm that's currently being developed, and there's also the Delbin wind farm, which is proposed to be placed on the site of where the Hazelwood coal mine is. There's also a new electric car manufacturing plant that has been built in the Latrobe Valley, which will provide loads of jobs, and also a local solar and battery storage program. There are so many amazing things that have been done in the valley at the moment that give a really positive outlook for where the valley is going and where that just transition is taking them. I think there is still a really long way to go in this transition and making sure that it is done right is really, really important. Making sure that marginalised communities aren't left behind and making sure that those marginalised communities' voices are elevated is really important. I think there needs to also be a lot more work done to talk to traditional owners in the area 
about this just transition and what role they can play in that. Since I interviewed these people in the second half of 2019, they've continued to work on the transition in the Latrobe Valley. Ella and Pollyanna both just ran for local council in the Latrobe Valley, and even though they were unsuccessful this time, it was amazing to see two young people fighting for a better future for other young people in the Latrobe Valley. In May 2020, the operators of the now-closed Hazelwood Power Station were fined more than $1.9 million by the Supreme Court of Victoria over the 2014 mine fire. Wendy Farmer and Voices of the Valley played a role in this action against Hazelwood Power Station, but many Latrobe Valley residents were very disappointed as they wished to see the company find a much higher penalty. Chris and Laura are also both still helping to work on the just transition in the Latrobe Valley in their respective roles. Even though the just transition is and will continue to be an ongoing cause, it was amazing to hear from these incredible people and what they're doing to help create a just transition in Latrobe Valley. Thanks so much for listening. The Climactic Collective. Collective.